Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So-So in case you ain't no so And welcome back to another episode of Sports with So-So. Coming to you live from CIC Miami, y'all. Man, got to tell you about my road trip to see the Dolphins game, even though we lost. Got some Hurricanes action, some Ryder Cup action. We got some Chelsea action. Heat and Panthers getting into training camp. Man, it's going to be a jam-packed show, y'all. It's time to take a ride. Let's go. You came back a new man. Uh, I guess you can say that, right? <laughs> traveling takes a lot out of you, but traveling to Las Vegas definitely takes a lot out of you. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said a new man. You came back a tired man. Yeah. That's what I meant because you, you look like you've been dragging yeah, ass since bro. you got back, player. Dog, it's been rough, but fuck it. We're here, and uh, man, we got a lot to talk about, dog. Yes, we do. We got a lot to talk about, man. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, let me ask you. Okay. What's up? What you got? I know that when we started talking about the Dolphins last week, right, mm. you had thought, you had, you know, said, hey, you know, I think that this is a game that we can end up losing, mm. right, because I, I don't see how we can, come, like, br- bring that momentum up, right, build that momentum up. Me, I thought that we were going to go in there with momentum because everybody would have had Brissett's back, right? The game definitely swung in that favor where the Dolphins were able to get a lot of momentum in the beginning, but just... For some reason, dog, I don't know if it's like the the edge that they don't have, the the lack of playmakers that we don't have. You know, I don't know what it is, but it's just like every time the Dolphins get like right to that tipping point, it's like, oh shit, it's gonna happen. Boom, everything falls apart, and they ended up losing, albeit in overtime in a great game, thirty-one to twenty-eight, and they actually had to come back to take it to overtime and uh, get a couple of stops. But for me, man, I just felt like. The Dolphins didn't do enough with that early momentum that they had. You know, we had, I saw that six pick coming into our end zone, and I'm going freaking crazy in the stands. You know, everybody's around me, quiet and shit. And I'm like, oh, we might be here for upset people. Be ready. Yep, we were up 14 zip early in the game, and then it, we just it, got handled. We had some good, good, you know, good things go our way. But I said it, man. Um, I didn't think we were going to win this game. You know, going into Las Vegas on the road and um, dealing with a 2-0 Raider team at the time, and we were 1-1 coming off of an ass-whooping from the Bills at home. Granted, that game, we went in with Tua, with our game plan, you know, for Tua. Goes out early, we bring in Jacoby. We, we didn't get a chance to prep him properly for that opponent, and that was what happened, right? So, right. But, but looking at that, I'm like, well, we only got a week. The Raiders, they're rolling. We're playing on the road. Uh, I Frankly, the outcome, uh, I'm happier with the outcome that I saw, even though we lost, I'm, right. I'm, I'm you know, pretty uh, shocked at how the game unfolded because I really thought there was no chance. I thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought the Raiders were going to be leading early on in the game. I thought Derek Carr was going to have his way with us, you know, through the air. They didn't have a run game, really. I think that's what hurt them, too. But I thought Derek Carr with Waller was going to hook up and they were going to, you know, throw the ball all over the place. But our defense held it down, and that's what kept us in the game. I think... I, I don't want to say that we held it down, right? Because we did give up almost like 400 yards passing. That's a lot to an offense who's not necessarily known for that. 
and they're missing probably their their best playmaker in Jacobs, right? He's one of the best running backs that are in the league right now. He's so efficient, very powerful running back, scores a lot of touchdowns. I didn't think that they would go just say, fuck it, we're going to abandon the run and just go all in with the passing. But that's exactly what it turned down to, bro. I mean, Derek Carr threw the ball 43 times. Now. As opposed to, <laughs> you know, any other game where you look at him throwing over 40 and you're like, yeah, for sure, that's a loss. But they didn't have that issue with the balance. For the Dolphins, defensively, you're right. They did come with that mentality to play hard, you know. And the pick and, and, and making those early stops on third downs, they were key. But I felt like the the Raiders really could have drove on us whenever they felt like it. And I don't mean like feel like it like, oh, I just want to throw an 80-yard bomb here. No, more like, okay, we're going to dictate the tempo. We're going to dictate the playmaking, right? We're going to dictate the play calling, excuse me, where we're going to go pass, pass, run, pass, pass, run, 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 pass. And just keep us guessing. There was a lot of times, and this is something that you don't notice when when you're watching the, the game from home, right? Because on the TV, they don't show everything. They're going to show the focus of the, of the football, where it's at, where it got placed, right? But there was a lot of confusion on the Dolphins' defense, pre-snap. There was a lot of, like, let's change. No, I'm tired. I'm... And, and in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, either these guys are really working hard down there, right? Working hard because they're trying to do their best to disrupt them. Or these guys aren't that well-conditioned because I just felt like on some of the plays, they were just either tired or they couldn't hit hard enough. And I don't know how after a week-long break and you get to practice and all that stuff, you don't come with that energy. That pick was more of a mistake on car than it was us. No, it wasn't, it wasn't even on car so much as his receiver stopped receiver. running the route. Correct. And our, you know, uh, our guy just had a perfect jump on it. and Right place, had right it, time. Right, exactly. Right place, right time, and took it to the crib. And, he took, and he's fast. Let yeah. me tell you, he's yeah, fast because they try to catch him. him. He, but he's fast. So shout out to him for, for making that play. I just didn't I, – I don't know, man. I just don't so feel So that was confident. our first touchdown, right? Yeah. Defense. So say what you say, you know, whatever the mistake – that's another takeaway, adding to our streak. So shout out to the Dolphins. We have the longest streak right now for takeaways in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think it's well over 25 games. I think we're, that, that was like the 28th game in a row, 29th game in a row with a takeaway or something like that. It's what we do, bro. So we, 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 we kept that streak alive, um, made some big plays on the defensive side of the ball. The second touchdown we had to go up 14-zip, I believe, was the Malcolm Brown run. Correct. Was it not? Yes, it was. So that was some positive um, you know, traction on the offensive side of the ball, right? Yep. Wasn't with Miles Gaskin, though, who we've seen has not really done much, and they haven't really given him much to do. They've only got that guy 13 carries. Uh, yeah, they haven't really ball. utilized him the way they – but honestly, seeing what I saw with Malcolm Brown on that one run where he broke off, he hesitated, right? He, he got the ball. It wasn't there. He took a second. And then he Outside. broke off to he bounced off to the left and he was gone. Yeah. Seeing that, I was like, oh hell yeah. I think we're gonna see a little bit more Malcolm Brown this game. We're gonna have to control the clock on this game, right? Nothing. We didn't see him again after Until that, like the bro. fourth quarter, dog. Why? I'm telling you, dog. It's what I it's what I'm telling you. I really think that the offense is regressing week by week. Regressing. If I were to tell you what's the identity of this Dolphins team? You would say the defense, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. What about on offense? What do you think is the identity on offense? I think we're still trying to figure it out. I mean, Tua, Tua was what we were going to hope to find. You know, our identity was through Tua, but 
We saw what happened last week. And then now it's like, damn, the main piece, like the biggest question mark around our team, we don't even get a solid opportunity to face some of these good early opponents right now to see what he really has. Right. And and that's part of it. That's part of it. But for me, it's like the running back situation, not committing to getting these guys carries, right? Um, allowing Jacoby Brissett to throw 49 times in a game. Why? Albeit he was 32 or 49. They don't, they don't, they don't, they didn't let two, two has never thrown, attempted that many passes. Ever. Why are, why are we, Fitz, ma- why are we making not our even Fitzpatrick? Do that? Not even Fitzpatrick. If we look at anybody who's been the quarterback for the last three, four, five years, any of them that would have had 49 attempts, I would have been like, yo, something is wrong here. You know what I'm saying? Like something is wrong here. And honestly, it starts with the O line, dog. I know we beat this horse, you know, completely a, a million times. And, yeah. But I'm until struggling. they fix it, until they fix it, nothing is going to go right, bro. Because we talked about Gaskin. We talked about Malcolm Brown. Both of them had really good runs in that game, right? 24-yard run for Brown, where he scored. Miles um, Gaskin ended up with 65 yards, 5 yards per carry, had a 15-yard run. So th- these guys are trying to break one. Bam, 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 right? Oh, they're not just getting enough they're opportunities They're not getting enough opportunities. It. And then the play, and then this is the shit that drives me even more insane. The opportunities aren't even going to guys who have some type of promise. A Waddle, Gasecki, you know, these running backs to be like, yo, let's see what happens. You know who they're going to, bro? They're going to Will Fuller. They're going to Devontae Parker. They're going to Albert Wilson. And none of those guys, none of those guys are doing anything with them. Anything with him, bro. Because Parker drops the big plays. He drops well, the big catches. I got it. I I I, sh- I shut on on Parker the, for the previous week for dropping the touchdown and and you know saving what, what what was ultimately the shutout. But he did have a few plays this week that I was impressed with, like you know crucial catches across the middle for first downs and like third down and stuff like that that I was happy with. Fuller, we just got him back. You know it's his first game in you know Dolphins uniform. You know live action with us after the suspension is up. Um, and he doesn't have to, uh, he's working with Jacoby, you know, he didn't really have a chance. I know we aired it out, I think once or twice maybe for him, couldn't connect though. So nothing, I don't want to take away from him. Waddle, you know, we, I like what I see out of Waddle, bro. Let me tell you. He's the only thing we have on offense. Him I wouldn't say he's the only thing, him but he Gusecki, is the dog. best thing we have on offense. Absolutely, dog. He, he, dude, this kid, I, I like what I see. Just the fact that like you give him a quick dump out. For like right at the line of scrimmage, and he has like the the wherewithal and and the IQ to turn around so quick and the ability to turn around and just get upfield vertical instead of trying to make that that horizontal you know side to side play. The juke? No, he just bro he get, he just gets upfield before the defender has a time to react and he's mm-hmm. pulling six seven yards off of a catch that was caught at the line of scrimmage. It's like that's what we need. That moves chains. You know what I mean? So. Uh, going back to the O-line, though, I, I know we've been shitting on them, and, and our O-line is not the best. There's definitely areas of improvement. But I got to say, man, Jacoby holds on to the ball way too long. Absolutely. I, I wanted to come in here and say that today because there were so many times where I was, I just kept yelling at the TV, get rid of the ball! <laughs> and, dude, he just wouldn't. And then he tries to run or something, and then he would get, like, sacked. Thankfully, he's not, you know, he hasn't uh, given, for, you know, given up any turnovers or whatnot, lost the ball frivolously, but... If he keeps playing like that, it's bound to happen, and it's going to be bad. It's going it, to – it's that it is bad. Right now, it's bad. Because if you think about it, he's not even giving, like I said, the playmakers a chance to make plays because he's holding on to it. My dog, you got nothing to lose here. Throw the fucking ball. Throw the ball. Throw it. Especially if you're going to throw it 49 times and only get 215 yards. 
Like that's a combination How of how many both completions did he have? Thirty-two and 32 twelve of them. Forty-nine. Twelve of them were to Waddle, uh, off of thirteen targets. Right. So Waddle was obviously out there, efficient, playing well, getting first downs, making crucial catches, all of that. The next one would be Gasecki. He had uh, ten catches, eighty-six yards. Right. Twelve targets. Again, a guy who was always working the middle, making big plays, whatever, right? Big first downs. Cool. Everybody else? Parker, four catches. Fuller, three catches. Gaskin, three catches. Dog, there is no fucking way we throw the ball 49 times and only one of our guys get over 80 yards. Yeah. That's like bullshit, you know? And people want to be like, yeah, oh, but, but Fuller got the best interference on the touchdown. He couldn't make the catch. Yeah, he dropped. He dropped a make the catch, a, a very catchable ball. Make the catch, bro, and and that's the type of shit that we see in the NFL all the time. Like, come on, I was watching Monday Night Football and I saw guys making catches left and right, and they're not fucking superstars. Devontae Smith was out there making tough catches. C.D. Lamb was was out there making catches for these people. You know what I mean? Like again, I'll give I'll give Fuller the pass this week again. I'm not giving that week, guy a pass though. I do, I do. I you know I I know he gave him all the money, the one year contract. He you know he was suspended the first two games, and it's like you you want him to, but going into a Las Vegas Raiders two and team on the road, first game back with us with a Jacoby Brissett as a you know your quarterback was backup. I'll give Fuller a pass next week. I won't be as you know lenient. Like I, I'm going to be more critical of him. Um, Here's why. But I'm happy. Like I said, I'm happy with Waddle. I think that's the, the shining. That's the, the shining thing that we have yeah. on this team. If there's anything to look at on this Dolphins team is Waddle. Watch him every single game. Watch how he runs his routes. Watch how he blocks. Watch how he cuts and gets out of his you know breaks super fast. He's literally the best thing we've had here offensive wise in like five years for real yeah and he's just a rookie so but my point with with, with fuller is that he this is why i don't give him a pass right because he kind of did it to himself he should have been here last week and played against the bills for whatever reason personal life all this bullshit whatever whatever you didn't play so yeah. you didn't get that first game in now you're coming in here and we're on the road and you're not performing we need you to perform like there's only 13 weeks left like yeah, but you gotta look, we got to look at how many targets he had. I know he only had three catches, but, you know, is, is that off of ten targets or is that off of five targets? Because that's a... Six. Okay. Which is not bad because, he, again... The, one the, of them the, was that pass interference. Right. So that's, that's one. That's the, one. The other two drops. But you got to think about it like this, right? For him and Albert Wilson, their targets are never going to be like, you know, 10, 15 because they're not running those middle routes. They're not running those slants. They're running those posts. Peace. I'm out of here, right? So, again, if, if that's going to be your specialty, then that's what you have to come up with. You got to make those catches, you know, because, again, we could have won that game. We could have won that game multiple ways, but we just didn't. And we got away from the run, which helps the offense, helps the quarterback get rid of the ball, doesn't have to hold on to it. There's just a lot of things happening on the offensive side of the football, bro, that I'm really, really disturbed by. Because this was supposed to be an improved offense. Yep. Forget about Tua, forget about Brissett, forget about those guys. Everybody else around that was supposed to be improved, and it hasn't shown. Mind you, maybe you can say it's a little bit earlier in the season. Okay, cool, I can give you that. But this offense cannot be as bad or worse than the one from last year, dog. Like, it just can't. No. It just can't. No. And again, like I said, I'm impressed with the outcome, even though we lost. I wasn't giving us – I didn't have that much faith to do what we did, take, you know, get into a close game, you know, take it to overtime, 
fight for a victory and then lose it kind of last second to a, a good, Oakland, you know, Las Vegas Raiders a good, team. A good Las um, Vegas Raiders but, team. you know, as far as the offense goes, man, you know, what I'm looking at right now is is not just the pieces on the offense, bro. It's who's moving those pieces. And the coaching, I'm, I'm questioning a little bit on, on, on our offensive coordinator and our coaching staff what we're doing. And I'll give you a prime example. We're backed up into our own end zone. And we throw the ball. This is one of Waddle's catches for a safety. Okay, you don't pull it. Why? Don't Why don't you put Malcolm Brown, your big body, back in there, okay? Mind you, I don't have a degree in foosball like you smart minds and individuals, but every time you're backed up in the end zone, you put it on the ground, and you just try to move the ball three, four yards. Let me tell you something. That's all it is. That's all you're trying That's to do. Why, on first down, throw the ball laterally. Into the end zone and then get tackled one on one for for a safety. Knowing that they're pressing you, that they're blitzing you. If that doesn't happen, that safety doesn't happen. Guess what? We win the fucking game, and we miss the kick. Jason Sanders, come on! And I'm not even mad at Jason, dog. I'm, that's not why I said it, but I'm just saying like these are the things that that's our boy though. We that hurts, gotta, man. That yeah, hurts. that shit hurt, bro. You know, and I, and what's funny is I literally told the guy next to me, I was like, "Yo, this guy's automatic." <laughs> oh, you jinxed Pro them. Bowler. Oh, and he's you like, no, no, no. And you the guy's him, telling me, "Listen to this." He's you like, gave "Yo, him a sportscaster curse." Listen, he's like, "Yo, this guy is a fucking beast. We need a kicker like him because we've missed a lot of they bullshit." Got Carlson, man. Whatever. He's like, he's missed a lot of bullshit, like bullshit ones. Yeah, at least your guy is always consistent. I was like, yeah, bro, you know, he's pretty consistent. And <laughs> I wish you would have seen this guy's face. He was like, he apologized. The guy missed the kick. And he was like, my I'm bad, sorry, yo. bro. I my bad. You. My bad, yo. And I was like, don't even that's, worry that's about hilarious. it. Dog. This is the Dolphins football, dog. This is what we do. But yeah, bro. But look, that's that's some yeah. of the, the shit that we're talking about, right? That Madden wouldn't even let you run that play in the fucking end zone. Not Madden. So how an NFL team did and if that? You're, uh, if you're going to run that play to Waddle, why do you have them so split out, uh, so far out? Put him in the slot. Put somebody out there. I'm pretty, it was, I hope I'm not talking out of my ass. I think it was Waddle that, that yeah, was the one that was caught that there, pass. Dog. And he was all by himself, a wide, split wide out. Why not put him in the slot, put Devontae out there, and run a quick, a quicker, shorter distance, you know, pass right. There's to a do that play. Plays. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do that, why are you going to do it in that way? Like, what the f- Dude, we could have ran a million plays. And this is why I and say... that got them right back in the game because at that point it was 14-0. And, and not they only... Get, dude, oh. They got that. That's 14-2. And they get the ball back. More importantly, the fucking crowd got into it. Yes. Because once the crowd got into it, they didn't shut up the rest of the game. We had them 14 zip, and that stadium was quiet. Me and the other Dolphins fan from, like, another section down <laughs> are talking shit. Oh, yeah. you see that? You know what I'm saying? It was quiet in there. But those are the things that kill the momentum, right? And yeah. that's why I was saying earlier when we started talking about the Dolphins, it's like, man, these guys don't know how to carry momentum. And I don't know if it's the coaching staff, like you said, like who's calling the plays because whoever called that play is an idiot. The the just to give you an example, the Cowboys on Monday Night Football were in that same situation. Early in the in the game, it's seven seven. They had just thrown a pick six or whatever. They get backed up all the way into their goal line, right? You know what they run? A freaking QB sneak just to get three yards. And you know, and I'm thinking to myself, like, how the fuck does broken ankle uh, Dak Prescott? Get that play call, but 6'4", 215 pounds, Jacoby Brissett can't do that. I don't get it, dog. That's the shit that drives me crazy. It drove me crazy. And I had no answers for it, still have no answers for it. But but, but that that's you know that's my takeaway, you know the coaching obviously helped put us in a situation where we were able to compete you know for that that victory and in the end we came up just short in overtime. Um, 
we can nitpick, you know, at, you know, all the mistakes that they made and all that stuff. But I am more impressed with the outcome. You know, I really thought it, they were going to wax the floor with yeah. us. You know what I mean? And yeah. it wasn't the case. We were actually competitive. Our defense is still our, our, our mainstay. You know, as long as everybody stays healthy, healthy there, we should be able to stay in games. Um, but I think I think it comes down to the coaching, man. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Two was out for, you know, another three weeks. We got to use the pieces that we have right now properly to so win. that when he comes back, okay, he's in a good situation and he's not one and four or one and five. He could be three and three or two and four. You know what I mean? Not even, I don't want to say two and four, three and three. You know, I think that's the time, you know, the timeline for when he's supposed to come back. We need, we need to win these next two games. Against the Colts, right, on Sunday. And then after that, we play the Super Bowl champs, Tampa Bay. And then after that, we get a break. And we play Jacksonville. And the Colts just lost this week. Correct. They're coming off of a loss. And then... Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay just lost. Just lost this but week, but we know they're bounce back. They're playing New England. Super Bowl champs. That's going to be a tough one. So the Colts one, we really need to walk away with. Absolutely. And and it's like you said, we, we have to think about it in the sense of putting ourselves in a position where when Tua comes back, we're in a great position to win games, right? And, and the team has momentum, and, and we can kind of, like, figure stuff out. But I will say this. Depending on how the rest of the season goes for Coach Floor and his staff, I don't know if it's time to – it's definitely not time right now to start asking questions, but towards the end of the season, if we still see performances like this, right, where the, where the sloppiness, the boneheaded play calls and all that shit is what cost us game and not necessarily the players, then we're going to have to start looking into Coach Flo and his staff and be like, I don't know if you're it. Yeah, 100%. You know, and, and I love Coach Flo, dog. What he's done to his defense, the energy he brings, the, the, the way the players surround him, and, like, you know, they really rally around this guy. And we, we know he's that. more focused on defense. He's a defensive-minded guy. So he it's the offense, I would say, that falls back more to his OC. But at the end of the day, he's the one who puts his OC there. So it's like you need to swallow that and make that change. Or, or look, in the NFL, dog, you can't just be a defensive coach. You have to get your hands dirty and do both. Because if not, then you're always going to leave that shit up to somebody else and whatever happens may happen. Coach Flo needs to t go in there. Uh, well, I hope he went in there and say, listen, this shit's not working for me. We need to work together and figure out how you're going to improve the offense. Because it's my ass on the line. People are talking about me. Nobody's mentioning you. We need this. Yep. And that's what it is, man. Yep. That's what it so is. So we're one and two. We're third or we're tied, I guess, for second in the division because we beat the Patriots. Right. Um, so they're one and two, we're one and two, the Jets are 0 and three, and then the Bills are two and one. The division is still up for grabs. It's huh? still up for grabs, but it, it, it starts <laughs> with, Buffalo's. Fuck it, it starts with this week right here. We need to win this game against the Colts. The Dolphins are going in a two and a half point favorite. Um, as of when you're hearing this, and uh, the over under is about 43 points. I'm gonna say the Dolphins take it against the Colts this week. Um, I think we cover the spread, and uh, for as far as score, if we're gonna throw out a little score out there. Um, Throw one out there, dog. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say thirty twenty four Dolphins. So that means I got the over. Okay. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna do good. I think we're gonna do really good this game. I think so too. But I think it's gonna be way more low scoring. Okay. I think it's gonna be like twenty to fourteen, some shit like that. And the reason the reason why I say that is because I feel like. There has to be a game where we focus on running the freaking ball, keeping time of possession, keeping the defense out there, and getting them tired for the, the later rounds in the third and fourth quarter. Like, 
we need to establish that. We're never going to be a good passing team unless we can establish a run. Yeah, I agree. And and that not just for Brissett, that goes for Tua as well. Whoever's playing quarterback, they need a good running back back there who's going to get opportunities. Neither one of these guys have gotten more than 15 carries this year. Neither one of them. Not Brown, not Gasset, not, uh, Gaskin, nobody. And, and, and it's unwarranted because it's not like, you know, they put them in and they're fumbling, they're turning over the ball, they're going backwards. Like, no, like Gaskin's like, when he does get the ball, he can make shit happen. And you need to give him the ball more so that we can see more. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Him and Brown. We're going to go out there and sign Brown. Get your money's worth, man. We ball. got nothing to lose, like, except for these games. So use Run the guys. ball, bro. Run the ball. Run the ball. You know what I mean? And even the Raiders, you know, a lot of the Raiders fans were complaining, like, bro, no, don't get me wrong. It's great that we can pass it, but we need to run it. That's why we miss Jacobs. That's why, you know, why we were able to tie the game. You know why? Because on that last drive that the Raiders have in regulation, they threw the ball twice. I know for a fact, had they had Jacobs, they probably would have ran it all three times just to kill the clock, yep. get deep into the, into the two-minute warning or even past the two-minute warning, right, where you leave the Dolphins with 40 seconds on the clock. That shit that happens with running the football, yep. you know, not throwing it, whatever. The cool shit is, is that the stadium is amazing. I wanted to ask you <laughs> that before we moved on from the Dolphins. So it's a, it's you a, were there, obviously. We saw we saw you sharing it on Instagram. I saw you went live and everything. Shout out to everybody who tuned in. Y'all my dogs. It looked lit, dog. It was lit, bro. The stadium looks amazing. It's a beautiful, beautiful stadium. Obviously, it's brand new. They call it the Death Star for obvious reasons. Bam, 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 bam. That's it. Would they have that playing when you walk in? They didn't have a plane, <laughs> but they did play it during the game. You okay, know what I'm saying? Okay. To like hype up the crowd. Was Steve Aoki there? No, he wasn't in attendance. Oh. You know who was in attendance? Well, I'll tell you in a little bit, and then we could talk about it. Um, uh, the champ, the guy who just beat Brian Ortega, uh, Volkanovski. Yeah, he was, there. he was in the building with his bell. He did a shoe. Yeah, she was awesome. Dope. Uh, but the stadium is really cool. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens when you get a new high-tech stadium. Freaking Wi-Fi everywhere, uh, short beer lines everywhere, which really blew my mind. Uh, but the stadium itself is very comfortable to sit in, right? I had a huge dude sitting next to me, and it was like we were both comfortable. I didn't feel, you know, uncomfortable at all. Um, the screens are beautiful. The speakers, how the how you hear the game. Sometimes they put the mic down to the stadium so you can hear, like, the, the grunts and stuff like that. So that shit was cool, man. It's a really cool stadium. The walk to the stadium is dope because you have to walk kind of like through the Luxor and the Mandalay Bay to kind of get to there. And then before you get there, there's like this beer garden, which is where one of the first videos that I shot. Um, and they basically have like all the screens there, a bunch of beer, people drinking, everybody's wearing their, their jerseys, watching their teams and shit. So it's really cool to like pregame there and then go into the stadium because they don't really have enough space since it's on the strip to parking lot and have 250 cars 400 cars parked there most of the people in vegas don't even rent a car or you know aren't gonna yeah. go to the game in a car just so uber. just uber or walk everybody walked bro to be honest like i felt like more than half of the stadium it just depend how game. long the walk was like if it was like 15 to 20 minutes we, we would walk and if it was over that it's like nah let's uber listen there's no way you can get to a football game in las vegas in an uber dog there is no way there is no way number one they shut down like two blocks around the stadium. So that in itself is already diverting traffic all the other places. There was this dude that was in the beer line. He was like, bro, I almost waited an hour, got out the Uber, paid the guy, and walked the rest of the way. Because he wanted to get, like, dropped off close, you know what I'm saying, to avoid the walking. But he was like, bro, I, I'm not going to wait this. I'm, by the time I get there, game's already going to be kicking off. So I, when I tell you that, like, again, 60% of the crowd was walking to the game and from the game, 
that's how it goes. It felt like a college atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. When you're in a big crowd, you don't really feel it until the next day. Nah, man. And it was cool, man. <laughs> The next you day, know? you're those oh, dogs are barking. Oh, doggy. My I, calf is still on fire. Dude. I bet. I was, I was talking to one of the Uber drivers there, and, like, we were kind of, I, I had told him I could just spitballing an idea. I was like, man, I'm surprised Vegas, you know, having the strip, they don't have, like, a real monorail system because they have the tram. Right. Which is, like, three hotels. It takes you, like, from the Cosmo to the park MGM and Bellagio, maybe. It I ends, think it goes to the right. Bellagio. It ends there. Um, but it's like, there should be a, a like, like basically like how we have here, like the Metro Mover. Yeah, something there like that. There should be a Metro Mover, but literally either around, I go around the whole strip, and he was like, nah, just make it down the strip. Like, that's you make it. one straight line, just two carts, one this way and one that way. And that's it. And that's it. I'm like, yeah, that would be brilliant instead of having, you know. Get to, to work, Las Vegas. The, yeah, dude, you guys need to make that Figure that shit out, man. Nobody wants to walk. It's too hot. It's too, too far. Hot. Too but, hot. Nah, man. I'm glad you had a good time. You guys golfed out there too, Papa. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm so jealous, bro. That was the one thing I, I re- wish we would have done on, <laughs> on my trip when we were out there the week before. Bro, um, it was nice to play golf out there, bro. Because it's hot, but it's not like crazy humid that hot. Humid hot. You know, so it's like you'll get your breeze, you got your hat on and shit. It was it was really dope. The little course was nice. Um, played line holes, uh, which was fun for the rest of the guys, right? Because they're not really golfers. So right. for me, I'm like, well, I'm trying to make a hole in one here. <laughs> I'm trying to birdie every single fucking. So were they all part threes? They were all part threes. Damn, all of them. All of them, dog. Did you get on any of them? Any I greens? got. I did, dog. I got like four or five. Hell yeah, hell yeah, bro. Because again, you don't have to hit a nine or a seven iron or try to get an eight will get you everywhere where you need to be. You know what I mean? How far were the part threes? Like 150, uh, 160 some, some were shorter than others. There was one that was like literally one forty something. You know, you could have fucking thrown the ball to the hole. <laughs> It probably would have no, made. I don't know, dog. One forty something. It's a golf ball, dog. You'll throw your arm out, bro. Have you ever? Oh, how there's far, no doubt how about far, that. How far do you think you could throw a golf ball? Be real. How far? Me? Yeah, you. This is a weak ass arm right don't here, Papa. You. If I can get it eighty yards, I'd be impressed. I don't think you'll get it eighty yards, bro. Dog, a golf ball. You tell me a football that weighs more. Yeah, no problem, dog. Pfft. A golf ball. You're gonna slang it in there. You're gonna get uh, a lot of carry, me, dog. You know, because you don't have enough weight. You can't get it that far, dog. I would say you probably throw it like fifty on a good throw. Nah, we're gonna have Let's to try it. it. Let's do it. We're gonna we have to try this shit. Sports with so so. We're gonna put it some, to the test. Some Olympic I'm sports. I'm curious. We're, we're gonna. So you said 80. I can. I so feel o- like I can over do under 80. is 80. I'm gonna go under then. You're gonna that's go the under case for sure. Right, that's we're cool though. Way under. Um, let's let's keep the talk on golf, man, because we had an amazing Ryder Cup this past weekend, bro. USA, 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 bro. I wish I was out there, dog. I got that's on the bucket list for sure. It looked lit. Ryder Cup is where it's at. But all right, so. USA defeated Europe in this year's Ryder Cup. Supposed to take place last year. First time in, like, how many years? Uh, well. They have won, like, three of the last four or some shit like that, right? Uh, Europe's had our number, you know, seven out of the last nine uh, Ryder Cups. But um, they won the last one in Paris and the previous one before that in the States. We won that one. Um, now we came back. We took the cup back. And uh, we did it in a dominant fashion. Yeah, I mean, kick ass. people people are saying this is like the dream team of of golfers. Like, it could be. You got you know, even though the Europeans had the no- number one golfer in the world in, in John Rahm, who played sensational he golf played this weekend. I so mean, did Rory. Absolutely no, Rory. Rory shit the he, bed until Sunday. The only thing he did good was Sunday when he beat when he won his singles match. And I like Rory. I mean, at the end, his, his interview and stuff like that that he gave that he was like he won and he wasn't happy. He was cry- he was kind of like somber and crying because he was like I-, I won, but it's not enough for the team. Like I know I know where this is heading, yes. um, and it sucks. It's my favorite event, so that was pretty dope. I I, I got I earned some more respect for for Rory, um, but the do- going back to the the United States team dominated. Um, Dustin Johnson, 5-0, didn't lose a match this weekend, played amazing golf. 
Um, my dog Colin Morikawa, dog. Morikawa paired smoking up with him. Fat ass cigar on oh, the no, stage. That's, that, that's Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley was the one that was smoking uh, the the stogie on the stage and shit. He had the little the little the little little he wink. Fucked up. Yeah, the Bloom boys had a good time. Justin Thomas fired up. Him and Daniel Berger drinking beers on the first tee on that that second that or third day. Cool. And getting everybody riled up. I mean, it was awesome, dude. It was awesome. Bryson DeChambeau and Brooksy, bro, hugging. In front of the trophy, what a I moment! Mean, we're, we're living in the matrix. That's literally a Tupac hugging Biggie type of moment. Like, nah, I want to say them connecting. That, like, yeah, bro. Because think about it like this: never in golf, never in golf will I. Well, maybe not never. Obviously, some at some point they will be. But I just don't think that ever in golf was there such a fake ass rivalry where it was like, oh, real beef. We don't really like each other. And those guys, yeah, I mean, and we, those we, guys we, really did like each other. It's not like, I felt like all of that was just for the show. Yeah, you know but what that's I mean? what everybody, you know, obviously it's going to be media that does that. They're like Phil and Tiger, you know what I mean? They always try to like make something that wasn't there, you know, there. there. So <laughs> it, it's going to happen. But yeah, they, they didn't get to play together. I really thought them playing together on the first day or the second day would have been dope, like super dope because they were both playing really, really good. Um, I know that Kepka played with Daniel Berger on, I think, Saturday because they both went to FSU, so they paired them up, I think, That's Friday cool. and Saturday. But Saturday, Daniel Berger was just struggling, man. Like, he just couldn't get anything going there. I don't know if you saw this one clip where Brooks had a ball in the bush uh-huh. talking to the officials about getting relief. Did you see this? Nah, this I didn't went, see that. It went pretty viral. <coughs> Excuse me. So, essentially, they're playing alternate shot. Right. You so hit, I hit. You Berger hit, hits I the hit. drive. Lands in a bush, though. So, then Kepka... Sees that there's something there, like a man-made obstruction or something like that. So he calls, you know, every match has a referee. There's only four matches going right. on at the same time. So they all have a referee. He calls his official over. He's like, hey, man, I want to see about getting relief right here. The guy's like, nah, yeah, that doesn't warrant it. I don't see you hitting that in your swing. And then Brooks is like, have you ever, have you seen me swing? Have you ever seen me hit a golf ball? You know what I mean? Like Sergio. <laughs> this is a, a violent swing, sir. Sergio <laughs> Garcia did a spit take. He was like, he like spit out his soda and shit, like his water. Like he was cracking up. And, uh, you know, these guys, like he was like, nah, I want a second opinion. Get your, your, your head guy. So he came over and the head guy just reiterated, you're not getting relief. Like it is what it is. Jerks. So then Brooks, it, dude, it was awesome. It was on the coverage and everything. He looks at both of them. He goes, if I break my wrist, it's on fucking both of you. Like that, bro, straight <laughs> up. And then he proceeds to hit this shit out of the bush and onto the green, like tremendo shot. Like, just drop them on him. You bro, know what, what, I mean? what about that drive that he hit 417 yards across a freaking lake oh, you're pretty talking, much, now we're, dog. now we're going back to Bryson. Bryson how, how with 417 on that par five. How did he do that? It was sick. It was. It, I mean, he's preparing right now for the World Long Drive Contest. We're against Berkshire. Um, yeah, all those boys are in it. Yeah, um, man. But he's, um, he's a monster. That, that drive, he... 417, I think that was the longest on the par five. He had like inside like a, 100 and something yards. And then he ends up sticking it real close for the Eagle. He played he played phenomenal, man. Like I think Bryson like gained a bunch more fans this week after this weekend. Just, like kind of like how like Patrick Reed, like nobody likes him. But then after those Ryder Cups where he did well, he was like, oh my God. Patrick Reed Patrick is the man. <laughs> I still don't like the guy. But Bryson, after seeing him, you know, like play and getting hyped up and like he played with Scotty Scheffler on Saturday and that was a huge match like they were both feeding off of each other and carrying each other I, I think it, it was it's good like, to see that I think it's a little bit of what you said earlier you know like calling these guys the dream team of golf where those guys like Brooks and Bryson DeChambeau and Morikawa and Dustin Johnson they all feel the pressure to be like damn all these guys are really great golfers they're really good guys they're really coming out here to try their best I need to be on my fucking A game you know and that focus was there from from day one 
It was like, yo, we're not losing. We're all going to support each other. We're all going to back each other up. If you have tips, share them. Hey, if I see something, I'll let you know. Because I saw a lot of that in the practice rounds, right? These guys are warming up or even getting ready. And it's like, hey, yo, come here. Let me tell you something. Yo, this, this is this. And it's like, all right, that's real team spirit. There's no, there's no competition within them, right? The competition is like us against the world. Yeah. That's exactly how they try. No, it. that's exactly how it came out. I mean, I got, I, I give a, I think everybody gives a lot of credit to Steve Stricker and the captains, you know, on that team. Your Zach Johnson, your Phil Mickelson, um, you know, um, Freddie Couples, all those guys that were captains on that team. You know, mainly Stricker, who was the main captain, who, who was the one that made those leaders to change up the team this year, and just the way that he sent out the pairings. You know what I mean, like. I, I really liked Dustin with Colin Morikawa pairing. Like, that was mm. that was dope. Um, I really liked – everybody liked the, the Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. Even though they didn't really pan out the way that we wanted to, we still got some cool moments like that Jordan Spieth right. um, almost falling into the lake. I don't know if <laughs> that you saw was that awesome. <laughs> Threw it up like 100 feet in the air and then, like, just the momentum. He's falling, shuffling backwards, like, almost lands in the lake, puts it to, like, three feet, and then dust. I mean, Justin Thomas misses the putt. The putt. Like After just, an amazing dude, shot. Like, how, like, one of the best players in the world, he puts him in that shit position off the tee on that hard ass. So that 17th part three. I, I save your ass. <laughs> he saves him, and then he can't just make that putt. Like, golf is so brutal. It's dude. hard, dog. It's so brutal. It's but hard. Justin Thomas had some redemption. You know, he played some, some better golf. Um, Scheffler. Scott, shout out to Scotty Scheffler, dude. 25-year-old rookie. Hasn't won on the tour yet. Beast. But he took down the number one player in the world on Sunday singles. When Solo, I saw that matchup. Dolo, dog. I saw that matchup, and I was like, damn, why are they putting Scotty Scheffler against Rom? Why wouldn't they put, like, Dustin Johnson, who's, like, 4-0 right now? He's lights right. out. He's playing amazing. He's the world number two. Yeah. But the world number one and number two head-to-head, -head, and let's battle it out. But, again, shout-out to Steve Stricker. He, he went with Scotty Scheffler, and Scheffler just dominated, man. It's like you said, bro. They went in there with a game plan. They went in there focused. They went in there saying, all right, this is not individual efforts. We all have to do our part, and that includes – helping each other out, picking each other up, motivating each other, all of that stuff, man. It turned really into a great event for USA Golf, to, in my opinion, because in never, not never, but it's going to be a long time before you see a squad like that, right? Where, again, there's killers, winners, guys who can be number one at any point in the world, all jumbled together with one purpose. That shit doesn't happen that often, you know? No, we, we got the team right now, man, and the Ryder Cup is... <sighs> I love I love the majors I love the masters, you know. But Playing there's, country there's is nothing though. like the Ryder Cup. The team like golf is such an individualistic sport. So many guys that it's like, oh, I'm a fan of this guy, or no, nah, I'm a fan of that guy. Like, right. it sucks. But when it's like, hey, dude, it's America versus Europe. It's like I'm a fan of America. <laughs> I was born in America. These colors don't run, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, it's like you got more to root for, man. And, like, seeing, you know, all these guys just go out there and, and, and play for, for USA and bring the, the, the cup back to the States, man. It was awesome. And I really can't wait for the next Ryder Cup. Yeah, bro. It was a great event. It, honestly, it was a great event. The coverage of it was really good, too. The coverage of the of the event was really good. They were very informative. I was listening to it a little bit whenever I could or whenever I was sober enough. Um <laughs> To just to kind of pay attention to what was going on. And I really liked how they kept interacting with the crowd and, like, making it about fun and seeing all the best guys in the world play as a team. Like, again, things that don't happen that often in golf so that when it does happen, you have to really make it a special moment. And, and it was a special moment, especially for the USA, man. Good job for those guys winning that, that Ryder Cup. Dog. Huge, bro. Huge. Huge. We got the cup back, baby. Huge. Slaughter by huge. the water. 
<laughs> it was it was outstanding, man. It was an so outstanding. Shout bro. out to them boys. But speaking of ass kickings, right? Let's get into some hurricanes. Oh my goodness! Finally, dude. We saw them beat Central Connecticut sixty nine to zero, and I feel like that was the game that we were waiting to see three weeks ago, <laughs> right when we were playing Appalachian State. And all credit is due to the boys for for actually showing up and doing shit like they're supposed to. You're supposed to be teams like this when you're the U. Like this, in this fashion, 69 zip. I'm not talking about just beating them. It needs to be a straight up ass kicking. We're going to put up 14 touchdowns, 50 freaking field goals, whatever the case may be. But at least we're putting teams in their place and acting like we, we should be acting, you know? The one thing that, that I really was happy that I saw in that game was the two quarterbacks get some play. Tyler Van Dyke got to start, and we also got to see the future in Jake Garcia. And I felt like it was the perfect opportunity to play both of those guys, right? You wanted to play Tyler Van Dyke because you want to see what he has. Yeah, you know you have Derek King there, but you want to see what he has. He was extremely touted coming into the Hurricanes. Why not, right? And a game in this fashion where it's like, all right, we're playing an inferior opponent. Um, we may be able to take some risks. Let's throw the kid out there and see what he has. And he played really well, man. He threw three touchdowns. Uh, Jay Garcia threw two touchdowns. He threw an amazing touchdown to Romelo Brinson, who had, like, dog, one of the nastiest one-handed catches that you'll ever see in your life, ever in your life. It made ESPN Top 10, uh, number one play and shit on Saturday. That's the type of attention that the U should be getting from winning, from kicking ass, from beating teams like we're supposed to, you know. It sucks that it took a little bit to get to that point, right? But I'm really encouraged. We were talking about the Dolphins, how they might be moving in the right direction now, even though they lost. I feel that same way about the Hurricanes because I feel like they could be moving in the right direction. Um, I know that they'll – they themselves are galvanized, right, as a, as a team because they've been hearing a lot of people from the outside, like us, hate on them and, and talk shit when they don't play well and call out them for their, for their bad for performances. But it really takes a lot, out of, especially out of those young kids, to be like, let's shut off the outside world. Us as a team, let's make a decision to not worry about social media, not go on Twitter, not post shit on, on IG. Let's just work on ourselves let's work on having each other's back and let's get right back to what we do which is win football games when you did when they did that look at the outcome forget about the team and the score forget about that but if you saw the game you saw that these guys were executing perfectly we didn't get to 69 points because central connecticut just laid down no we were executing we were executing our, our run routes running them correctly pass blocking was amazing run blocking was amazing this game those are the little things that people don't really notice unless you're at the game where you're like, damn, this left tackle just got destroyed. Because, again, if you're watching on TV, you're just watching the snap you're and where the, the ball. ball. Right. Right? But when you see those things, you're like, damn, we dominated a lot of the aspects of this game because we were, like I said, being efficient, being um, – what's the word I'm looking for? But just like – I don't know, man. I felt like these guys were just doing everything correct. And when you have – those type of days, that's the outcome. You're going to blow teams out. Now, for the Hurricanes itself, it gets a little bit tougher because now we're into that oh, ACC yeah. now schedule. Now it's going to get into that rough patch. But before we even go into that, so just to, to go back and recap so far through four games in the season. Game one, Alabama, primetime, 
Ass whooping. <clears throat> Ass whooping. Game two, we go play Appalachian State. Bounce back win, but ugly. barely. Ugly win. It was ugly a very win. ugly win. It was not impressive in the in the least. Uh, then the following week, Michigan State. Smacked. We got pounced. Smacked. By a good Michigan State team. I don't even think they're ranked, though. I don't think Michigan. Nope, and they're 3-0 and now. Yeah. And um, now we come back and we whoop up uh, Connecticut, Central Connecticut, whatever this Connecticut team was. 69-0, right? I didn't even know they had a college in Central Connecticut, man. That's the problem, though. You know, that's fine. We can run the table with them and put up 100 points. But does that say more about the Hurricanes or does that say more about them as an opponent? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. It's a little mixture of both, right? So, you know, right now the Hurricanes are outside the top 25. Um, Rightly so. They're two, rightfully so. I agree. Um, they're 2-2. Two and two. Their biggest victory is this previous one right now, and now their schedule doesn't get any easier. I mean, we face Virginia, and then after that, I think we got North Carolina. Then after that, we play North North Carolina State, and then again we play. NC Pitt, State is number twenty three right now. Yeah, they're they're, they're a good team. They're always a good team, and they always play us tough. Michigan State is uh, seventeen right now. That's good for them, bro. That yeah. that that coach is actually getting a lot of respect right now because um he could have gone to another big name program, but he decided to go there and. And, and turned them around. So um, shout out to, to the coach from Michigan State, bro. He's balling. Speaking of coaches, um, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw that Manny came out and kind of defended the administration and stuff like that because people were, were kind of talking about how, again, the Hurricanes football program could be losing his focus, how we're not really paying attention to what's going on in the field and, like, we don't really care about the results. It's more about the recruiting and this and that. And one of the things that he said was like, well, you know, for any big program, you look at the Clemsons, you look at the Oregons, you look at the Alabamas, their main thing are, is always recruiting, 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 recruiting. But for me, we've seen the recruits, right? We've gotten a couple of good recruits and big recruits, and we've stopped them from going somewhere else, which is always really hard. But where are the opportunities coming? You know what I mean? Like, are, are we going to play those kids? Are we going to really just give a redshirt freshman or a redshirt sophomore a chance to say, yo, go out there and ball? I feel like we got to take those chances. And I don't know if Manny Diaz or the administration is willing to do so. Manny knows that he has to do a little bit of both, right? He has to recruit well and get make sure he's getting these high-profile players in, trying to recruit people from Dade County and Broward County and the Southern Florida, right? And then on top of that, you have to win. Because that's what it comes down to. That's, it, that's what you got to lead off with is the winning. Well, and that's part of the problem with the administration <clears throat> because he's so cool with the with the admin that he's like, oh, you know, I'll trust you to take care of the football program. You do your thing, Manny, where they should be really like working together or at least the admin should be like all over him saying, hey, listen, bro, you you, you we can't have these losses. You can't lose to a freaking Michigan State. Yeah, more accountability. Or, and, and I mean, not in that fashion, right? Um, my thing is, it's like the I feel like the U just doesn't have that that lure that he used to have, right? You know, you talk about you know our last our, our last national championship was early two thousands, right? So we have a few good teams after that that don't you know win a national championship but keep us relevant in the country as one of the powerhouses in football. Mm-hmm. So then let's say 05. after 05, we didn't really have really much to work with, right? But we got ten years of players still committing to us just based off of that pre prior winning streak and fame of being that powerhouse. You don't do anything for 10 years. Now we're in 2015 and it's like Bama Bama's winning, SEC schools are winning. 
You know, you got all these other schools that are that are putting themselves in better position and players are actually getting drafted, you know, from those schools. So then it's like, I, I don't really have much to, to bring me to Miami right now. Like Miami doesn't have that same spectacle that it used to be. Unless you're into the glitz and glamour and like being number the guy or like wearing a chain. If you care about that, then yeah, you, you care about coming to the Hurricanes. But if you care about, well, I want to be a number one pick or a first round pick and I want to win a national championship. You're not looking at Miami. And that's just a plain old fucking fact. And if, you, if you're saying to yourself, I'm a high school kid, I'm a blue chip re- recruit, um, number one in my state or number two in my state at any position, I want to win a championship, I want to be drafted in the high early rounds, what's my best way to do that? Okay, well, national championship. How do I get to national championship? Because that kind of helps the first round thing, yeah. right? Oh, well, shit, I got to go to Alabama. I got to go Georgia, to Georgia. I got to go to Clemson. Clemson right? LSU, maybe. Ma- Oregon. Maybe because they fell off. I got to go to Oregon. I got to go. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Miami. You just look at the past five years. Who's been relevant, you know, in the past five, ten years? Miami's, Miami's not Miami's there. not it. Miami's not there. You know why? Because we're not even contending for the ACC championship. Yeah. Right? And then on top of that, even if we were to win the ACC championship, I don't see how we would compete with any one of those top four, top five, top six, top ten teams in the in the in college football right now. No, I mean, uh, Just let's, let's read them off. I got them right here. You know number what I mean? one, Alabama. We already Shocker. saw what happened there. Right? Shocker. Georgia Bulldogs, number two. Probably the best team in the country right now. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, we're in, there's no way that the, the Canes, ain't the Canes are going to even compete with them. Nope. The Oregon Ducks are number three. Nope. Mario Cristobal right now kick our ass and Bye-bye. he could have been here. That team right now is on fire. They're on fire. Fire right now. Uh, Penn State, number four. Good team. Great team. And they Good always team. give the Canes trouble when they play them. Always. So I don't think right now the Canes can do that. Five Iowa Hawkeyes. Run, run, run out the top six. The, and the rest of the top ten. Oklahoma Sooners, number six. Cincinnati Bearcats, number seven. Arkansas Razorbacks, number eight. Number nine, Notre Dame. And number ten, the Gators. You think the Canes can beat any one of those teams right now? Absolutely not. And let me tell you something, bro. The Gators, I know they're three and one. That one loss being to the Bama. Bama but... Number 10, I, f- I feel like the Gators can give a couple of these teams a, some run for their money, bro. Absolutely. I mean, look, they'll compete with Georgia, right? They're going to play Georgia right, at some point right. later on in the season. We're going to see that shit happen um, because of that SEC play. They're going to have to face the LSU, right, and, and hopefully not get upset by a team like that because that conference is so competitive, right? With, with the Canes, they're not competitive. They're not competitive. They're not competing with these other big teams in the recruiting classes. They're not competing with these other teams on the football field. We're, we're kind of in a state of mediocrity where we can't break through that, that glass time, right? It's like we got the Eric King, and it was like, oh, shit. Now, now we're serious because we got a proven quarterback. Fuck, maybe the rest of the offense can, you know. And he came out here and balled, balled for us, bro, and we couldn't even sniff the ACC championship. Balled for us. Quarterback, most important position, best position, all that stuff. Guy had an amazing year, but we couldn't win games, even with him. That has to do a lot with the coaching, the rest of the players around him. So, yeah, we might have talent here and there, right? But it's not enough to say we can compete week in, week out at the highest level, right? Because we can win games. We'll win ugly against Appalachian State, right? We'll win those ugly games. But I don't know if we can put up 45 points on a Michigan State. I don't know if we can put up 45 points on a North Carolina, NC State, Pitt. 
we may not be able to do that. Definitely not right now. Not right now. Definitely not right now. They got so, they got to they got to prove it to us. They got to prove it. And for me, it's like, all right, if you guys don't put up or shut up, then I don't know where where that's gonna leave the rest of the staff. You know what I mean? And even for the Hurricanes, that shit is starting to lose its luster. I feel like. Because, yeah, kids see the chain, and it's like, yo, I want to rock the chain, and that shit's cool, and the rings with the touch. That's cool. That's cool. But if it doesn't result in dubs, if it doesn't result in wins, that kills your career as an athlete. Yeah. So people will start to turn from going to the Hurricanes, and what you'll get is people who are coming here not to win, but to look good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the difference. Those Hurricane teams that we're used to from the past and the 80s no, and, and, then, like that, and then it becomes... And even the early 2000s. They were about winning, dog. And then it becomes you're only getting players now that just couldn't get into the better football schools. And you're, you're literally, like, before it used to be, like, the Hurricanes got the pick of the litter because we were the hometown and we were getting all the hometown talent. Now the hometown talent is going elsewhere for a better chance. And if they don't get in or don't get the play time, then they're like, you know what? I guess I can go play in Miami. And that shouldn't be that way, bro. Nope. It should, we should it's, be the first pick. It's we, not that know? it shouldn't. It's not even about that. It shouldn't be that way. It's like how do we turn that into into some type of success, right? Because you're gonna eventually get those players, but you need to win with those players. You need to do something with those players. You know what I mean? Like it has to turn into something more, bro. It has to turn into something more. I agree. What I are, What do the Canes got next? Uh, they got a nice little matchup. They're playing. I think we said Virginia, right? Yeah, they're playing Virginia on Thursday. Seven thirty. So seven thirty. When you're hearing on this ESPN. tomorrow night, when you're hearing this, um, it's a big game, dog. It's short, a big game. Short, short week for them, uh, and they're playing at home or on the road. At, at home, and I don't even think Derrick King is going to play because I was just reading earlier today on on some Kings fans website that I have that he that his shoulder is still being evaluated. That they don't know if he's going to be re- obviously he's not going to be ready for Thursday. If you didn't if you didn't play Saturday, there's no way you're playing Thursday. That's a, just a short turnaround. Right, so why risk him going out there not even a hundred percent? So I'm pretty confident that he's not going to play Thursday. But for the rest of the year, right? How does this bode well for Derrick King? Because now I feel like the Hurricanes and especially Manny Diaz owe it to him to ball out and win games to compete for something. Because this man came back; he didn't have to come back, but he came back. And I'm pretty positive that Derrick King would have got drafted last year. Not maybe not a first, second, third round guy, but. Somebody would have taken a chance on Derrick King because he's just so talented. He has so many weapons. I don't know, man. This Thursday game, I really feel like, ah, bro, I, I, I'm going to say that we're going to win, right? Because I feel like Manny looked at this game against Central Connecticut and was like, all right, I got I to gotta see what the rest of my guys have. Right? I got to play everybody else. I can't keep focusing on my other guys who – who I promised them a shot and said, well, you know what, because you're a third-year senior and you stuck here with a fourth or fifth-year senior and you stuck with me, I'm going to play you even though there's somebody behind you that's better. I feel like that's what he was doing earlier in the season. This was the game where he gave people opportunities, that Brinson kid, uh, Jake Garcia, Tyler Van Dyke, all these guys, opportunities to go out there, show me what you have. And then like that, when it comes to a real game, I feel more confident in you and you feel more confident in yourself. And then I can be like, you know what, let's take a shot let's give it to this guy. That's what's going to happen on Thursday, bro. We're going to have to see guys step up that we're not accustomed to seeing stepped up. And it can't be the Eric King saving us. He's not playing on Thursday. I'm guessing that he's not playing on Thursday. Just because of everything I read and and shoulder injury, throwing arm, it's too risky. Right. It's too risky. Well, we need a Kings win right now. We need a Kings win. Get above 500 and don't look back. Let's go, baby. It's all about the U, baby. Let's go. Uh, 
Bro, I didn't even tell you, dog, about Vegas. I lost like a, I must have lost like three parlays. <laughs> Chelsea killed me. Vegas, uh, baby. Freaking killed me. Um, I didn't expect them to lose to Manchester City, especially at home, right? But one nil, one nil. Uh, but I, you know, you got to give credit when credit's due. Uh, Pep came with a better game plan for the game, and it obviously worked. That high press killed us. We couldn't keep possession, and it felt like every time that we tried to get something started, it was like just falling apart before it can even get to the second or third pass. So it was an ugly game, right? For Chelsea, it happens. You're not going to win all your games, especially in the Premier League. And they were rolling, boy. That just brings them back. That's that's like this is like the typical triple bogey after birdie situation, right? Like, like uh, hey, wake you're up, on bro. top of the world. You're like, I'm the best golfer in the world, and then boom, wake out of up. bounds. <laughs> and it's a, it's honestly a good reality check because I'm okay losing to Manchester City, especially so early in the season, right? Yeah, Knowing you don't want it to be like a, like a Tottenham or exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> or Leicester so City or if, something like that. Exactly. If I want to lose, I want to lose to a team that I'm competing for the championship. Yeah, with yeah. I because get that. I get another game later. And it on. was one nil. One I mean, nil. It could have right? easily been zero zero. More for for me is like the motivation behind that, right? We lose Saturday. Now we have a Champions League matchup uh, today, Wednesday, when you guys are hearing this. A big game against Juventus. And they're out, I think. Uh, Conte's out, I think. Conte's out. He's hurt. He caught, Actually, he's not hurt. He caught he's, COVID. Yeah, he's out because of COVID. Uh, Polisic is hurt. Uh, I think somebody else is hurt. I want to say Hudson Adoy. I read the, the report. But we're getting to that stage where it's like, okay, you have to rely on your squad or your depth to say, okay, we need to continue to win games regardless of who the opponent is. It starts tomorrow or Wednesday, today, with the Champions League matchup against Juventus. Now, thankfully, I don't think uh, Juventus is going to be without their two main goal scorers, Alvaro Morata, former Chelsea player. He's going to be out, and Dybala. He's out also, the Argentinian. That's huge for Chelsea, but it, in my opinion, it doesn't matter, dog, because this Champions League shit happens. Real Madrid lost today. Uh, Manchester City lost today to PSG, Tuesday. Those, those losses tend to happen when they're not supposed to happen in Champions League. Right. So this is a game that I'm glad we didn't win at the weekend where we're riding some type of high, right? And it's like, oh, well, it's just Juventus. We can get these guys. game, it's like, no, now uh, they got to be on their P's and Q's. Now you got to be on your P's and Q's. You guys better wake the fuck up because there's no way we're losing two games in a row at any point this season. So for me, it's a huge matchup. They got to win this game on, on Wednesday <clears throat> just to really take control of the group, right? Like, we're still in the group stages. Um... Juventus is is not the same Juventus as especially in the last two three years. So why not take a chance, go all out and get the dub before you head into a weekend matchup? Because again, you just and then even in the weekend matchup back in, into the Premier League, you know for a fact that you're coming off a loss and you're gonna have to bounce back because we're only one point away from Liverpool, who's in first place. Now we're tied with Manchester City, equal on for second points. Uh, for second place, and it's like, all right, well, shit, we, we can't lose any more games here. We can't afford to tie because now the game is keep the pace. We're not going to play Liverpool for another five, six, seven weeks. We're not going to play Manchester City for another five, six, seven weeks. So we kind of have to keep up with them or compete with them by winning our games. Oh, you win, we win. Oh, you guys tied? Fuck it. We got to win to get that edge, you know? So this is a, a, a real important stretch for uh, Chelsea. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to bring up the other matchup here. Ay, ay, ay. Chelsea, man. Yo, let me tell you, bro. It's really hard to watch a game super drunk in the morning. Yeah. 
Especially when you're losing. Oh, God, that was so frustrating, bro. <laughs> it makes the, the coffee that much more bitter, huh? Oh, my God, coffee. What is that? Uh, let's see. Yeah, you see, we got the game against Southampton at home. So now you play another game, and then you play another whack game against Brentford. Games that you should win. Games that you want to build momentum on. That's what Chelsea needs to do. How are they going to do it? I don't know. But I think I, I really feel like we'll beat Juventus tomorrow. Don't hold me to it, but I really feel like we're going to beat them tomorrow. So hopefully next week when we get back together, Chelsea has another win. Two dubs. We're going to get two dubs. Oh, t- Chelsea has two more wins. Right. The Dolphins are two and two. Yep. The Hurricanes are three and two. Yep. And all is right in Miami. And all is right in the world again. Yeah, Miami man. sports. Yo, real quick. Um, I wanted to shout out Volkanovski and Brian Ortega uh, for the UFC fight that they had. That was a hell of a fight. It was probably one of the best fights I've seen in, in the last year and a half, two years. Ar- it, it's arguably a fight of the year right ar- now. Off rip. And even on that on that same undercard. Let me tell you, man, Ortega impressed. I mean, he lost. Don't get me wrong. Volkanovski's a, a, a true champ. Yeah. But, man, Ortega impressed. Hell, yeah. He had, he had Volkanovski Twice in real I thought trouble. He was gonna, I thought he was going to get him the tap. He had him in a couple submissions a couple times. And he just real couldn't, trouble. couldn't finish it. But and, and the cool thing about Volkanovski, and kind of tying it back to the game, you know, because they were doing like a little interview. He's like, yeah, you know, he almost got me, but I got my belt. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, that's how you celebrate, bro. And, the and what fact about, oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Well, go on, go on. I'll mention it afterwards. What I was going to say was that the fact that he even mentioned the type of fight that Brian Ortega put up, Right, and he was like, "Yo, this guy had me in deep, deep waters." You know what I'm saying? And if it, if I wasn't a champion, he would have beat me. But that championship inside me was like, "Yo, you can't go out like right. this." And that shit literally drove him to win the rest of the fight. So shout out to Volkanovski Super and dope. shout out to to Brian Ortega too. Oh yeah, I, I saw speaking of MMA. I saw you linked up with the homie Nate Diaz out there, dog. Oh, you saw that, cause ah, come on now, player. I follow you, Sports of Social Podcast on Instagram, we're out and Twitter, there, man. Um, Dude's big next to you, bro. You were cheesing. Yo, you were, you were hell yeah, me mugging, cheesing. Super happy. He was me mugging. You were cheesing. It was bro, like the funniest picture. <laughs> What's funny is that that's how he takes all his pictures. But of course, because thug, because he's a thug straight up, and his crew, right? Like those guys are also thugs because it's walk like, me through that. How did you get the courage to walk up to this right. individual and be like, yo, my dog, can I get a picture with you? All right. So it's Thursday night, right? We had just landed. We hung out, whatever. We're like, yo, let's get out of here. Let's hit the strip. See what we find. Went to two cool bars. The guy, the second guy who was our driver, he was like, yo, when you guys are done here, check this place out. They usually have good music and all this stuff. And we're like, all right, cool. We'll go. We pull up, the guy's like, yo, it's 50 bucks to get in. We're like, God damn, somebody's performing or something? And he's like, yeah, yeah, G-Eazy. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. The rest of the guys, a little bit older than me, they had no clue who G-Eazy was. And I'm like, for sure you've seen him on TV. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Whatever. We're in there. Um, we're towards, the, like, the back of the bar, right? Because they have, obviously, huge bars in this place. We're towards the back, sipping, we're drinking, we're chilling. And out of nowhere, right, like, a mob of people come through his double door like private door it says like no entry you know nothing like just a mob dog like eight nine guys and i was like holy shit these guys coming to kick our ass or something we're gonna get robbed here what's going on it's a setup it's a setup you know what i'm saying <laughs> and then you hear a bunch of laughter and then i look and i'm like oh shit oh a lot of these guys i, I recognize one of those coaches i was like yo this guy was a fucking coach on ufc bro like on on the contender series yeah. i was like yo this guy's a fucking coach i know i know i've seen him and then right there the Bro, I'm telling you, the guy's huge. If whoever's never seen Nate Diaz in, per- in person, 
Do not start a problem with this guy. <laughs> two big paws. Just go like this to the guy. Boom, right here on the shoulders and shakes him. Ha, 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 ha. And I'm thinking, yo, who's this giant? I look, and it's fucking Nate Diaz, dog. Having a great time. You could tell all his boys were lit and shit. I'm like, oh, shit, that's Nate Diaz. And he's literally, dog, from here to the door. Like, <laughs> right there, dog. Uh, which is about 10, 12, 15 feet. Bro, less than that. Less than that. I could have thrown something at him, and he would have punched me in the face before I could throw it. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, shit. I told my boy, my brother, I told him, yo, as a dude for a picture, he's like, careful. And I'm like, nah, yeah, nah, nah. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. I'm going to ask him for a picture. But I did it smart, all right? Pay attention to what your boy Soso did, all right? Take, take notes. Take notes. Instead of going straight up to Diaz. Yeah, you talked to one of the homies. I talked to the main homie who was in first, the first guy in line. Bang. Yeah. I yo, was like, man, yo. I know who that is. I was like, yo, my man, if, if, if Nate's cool, I'd like to take a picture with him. He's like, all right, let's, let, let us get some drinks. And I was like, yo, do your thing. Yeah. Right? I walk away. I'm staring in my little spot with the homies. Nobody else has noticed that this man has come in there yet, right? Because, again, it's in, like, the back of the back of the club. Mm-hmm. And, like, two, three minutes go by. As everybody has their drinks. I see he's sipping his drink. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to the, the second in command, right, which is the main guy that, that he was doing, the, the coach, right? I'm like, hey, real quick, can I take a picture with Nate? And Nate looked at him, and he was like, Nate, you want to take a picture? He's like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. I was like, yo, big fan, big fan of your brother. He's going to fucking knock out Robbie Lawler tomorrow, on this weekend. He's like, hell yeah, bro, we're here to fuck shit up. And I was like, yeah, bro, you know, got a podcast in Miami and just want to take a pic. He's like, yeah, bro, take the pic. Smiling at me the whole time. So I'm thinking, coño, I'm going to take the pic, and he's going, I'm going to have tremendo pic with Nate smiling, right? Bullshit. As soon as he saw the camera come up, dog, flexed hard as fuck. Motherfucker look like Thanos. Hey, flexing everything hard. Not like, I'm going to put my arms up. Nah, dude was flexing hard. Like, if he was getting ready to fuck somebody up. I was like, oh, shit, let me take this picture quick. Ah, boom. He was like, hey, bro, have a good night. Dog, that little tap right there. That tap right <laughs> You're there. You're still feeling it. This shit hurts. <laughs> I'm not going to sue him because I'm not going to get anything out of it. And I got a picture. But he's a big, strong dude, bro. And... That's super dope, bro. Super dope, man. Super cool. And then after I took a picture of him that, like, you know, they started getting drinks and they were, like, getting rowdy and shit. They were, you know, that's when other people started noticing. But by the third picture, he was like, yo, I'm done. We're out of here. <laughs> he didn't even wait for Jeezy, dog. He was like, fuck you, that guy. You got him early in the night. Early, Perfect. quick. You could tell that he, those guys were just there to have fun, bro, and party before yeah, before the brother got there. Yeah, you know they'll oblige the first couple, but then once they see people, like, literally are we just. We got to go. They're just looking at people going up to him, and they're like, oh, my God, I think that guy's famous. Yep. And then they start asking, like, who is that? Who is like, that? Oh, it's Nate Diaz. He's a, he's a UFC. What? Oh, oh my God. I got to get a picture. Like, I got I got it for the clout. You know what I mean? Then Straight it's like, up. You, you're, you're a genuine fan. Like, you noticed him. You saw him. You're like, damn, dog, like. I, I wouldn't mind getting a picture with I him. Was you know what I mean? like this guy, that he was we're, even we're a fan in of there. this guy. Yeah. So like you did it at a gen- like you, you beat the rush. You're like yeah, then you could be that genuine fan, but then like six or seven other people have already gone up to him, and then he's like, "Get out of my face, bro." And again, you know, this is why I was saying you got to pay attention to what what I was doing, man. Because whenever you're dealing with athletes, and we've dealt with a couple of athletes here throughout the podcast, right? Um, when you're dealing with those type of people, you have to be very careful how you approach them. You have to treat them like human beings. You have to. Make sure that they know, like, I'm not a threat. I'm not a fanboy. I'm not trying to get yeah. obsessive over you, bro. I'm just trying to say what's up to you and say I respect you for what you do. You know what I mean? And once I told them that, like, yo, before anything, mad respect. You're a great fighter. You rep your hood. All that shit's important. All these guys got your back. That shit is dope. And off that, 
then you can kind of get like to that level where it's yeah, like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, we're both humans, dog. I'm glad you can see me as that and not just. Some and keep it moving. You don't want to linger either and be like, so what made you get into fighting? Yeah, like, dog. nah, bro. Just I'm keep, like, yo, I'm here to party yeah, too, dog. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I got my drink. I'm not gonna fanboy out like Chilling. that that hard. Trying to have um, a good time. Have I ever told you the story about when I partied with Danny Granger at the VIP in Orlando? No, bro. Tell me. Oh, we'll save that for next episode. Ah, you guys got to tune in. Suckers. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun story. So yeah, bro. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, Remind me and we'll kick it off with that. Let's do it. Let's do it, bro. But yeah, man, Vegas was fun. Um, sucks that we didn't win the Dolphins game, but fuck it. Overall, it was a dope-ass weekend. Shout out to the two Jose's, the two Georges, <laughs> my bo- and my boy Richie, dog. But imagine trying to introduce this guy. He's like, yo, this is Jose. Jose, Jose. No, Jose, Jose. <laughs> oh, what's the other guy's name? George. No, my name is George. Yeah, yeah. George, George, George. George, George. George, George. Jose, Jose. <laughs> Super confusing. Imagine, dog. We're drawing. He's like, Jose. Everybody's looking. Everybody's looking around. Everybody's <laughs> Jose this weekend. That's hilarious. It was awesome, dog. It was awesome. But um, just like it was time to wrap up Vegas, it's time to wrap up this episode, doggy. And let everybody know that we'll be back again next week. We had an amazing episode. Check us out on social media. We're all over Instagram, all over uh, Twitter now, YouTube. All that. Subscribe. TikTok. Like, subscribe. comment, review. All that. It helps. Share. Make sure you leave a comment on the YouTube videos, man. That shit help us helps out a lot. Helps us out a lot. And plus, it helps us know what you guys think about the show and where we can improve and where we can take the show. And most importantly, you have to do the main thing, which is... Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend to tell one more friend to tell one more friend about this dope ass podcast that brings you pictures with Nate Diaz, dog. What it is bringing you live shots from fucking Las Vegas in Allegiant Stadium. And we party with Danny Granger Summer League back in 2012. Come what on, up? baby. Come on, baby. Get with Holla. the program. You know what I'm saying? It's sports with so so. My dog Joel, we're in the building. We're coming back next week. Till next time. Peace. Peace.